Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 The Yakuza Kick Radio. This is the Bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Fine, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, Spirited Dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that guy, you homie. Fuck that. Black D. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. You motherfucker, I said it's cold outside. I've got to go. And I said, Motherfucker, you motherfucker, I said it's cold outside. This evening is been hoping that you drop so in. Very nice. I'll hold your hands, they're just like my I mother am. will start to beautiful. What's your heart? and father will be pacing. Listen to the fireplace. So, roll. really, I'd better The neighbors might say, hey, what's in this dream? I wish I knew how to break the spell. I'll take your hand, (gasps) your hair looks swell. I ought to say no, 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 sir. 
At least I'm gonna say that I tried. What does answer hurt my pride? I really can't stay. Baby, don't hold out. Baby. I said, motherfucker, you motherfucker. I said, it's cold outside. It is Wednesday, December 30th, 2015. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, Jay Cat Morris. That man, all jokes aside, man, that is the perviest, fucking rapiest, fucking Christmas song on the planet. It always has been. I mean, if that shit isn't preamble to some bad shit is about to go down, I mean, that is just, that is really the transcripts of, I mean, if that song went on 10 minutes longer, you would have heard, like, you're not leaving this house. Like, it, it's, I mean, it just seems, it seems like it's really heading in a bad direction. Like, if she doesn't start agreeing at some point, like, he's not, he's not really letting her get a word in edgewise. Like, he's, you know, he's talking over every time she talks and, like, slipping shit in her drink. And the shit is about to go down in that fucking song. Somehow it just becomes, like, a joyful Christmas deal every time you hear, um, so I don't know something something about that fucking song, man. I don't know why that continues to be a holiday favorite, but um, uh, you you can't listen to that song and not think like fucking Cosby shit. Uh, I mean, it's you know bad times. Um, so anyway, um, I, I missed last week's show. Well, you know, as they say, life gets in the way of uh, podcasting. Uh, you know, I just fucking I don't know. I meant to do it, and then I just didn't have time, and then this happened and that happened, but, um, yeah, you know, Christmas happened, and, uh, you know, with the girls and everything, that's, that's, you know, the main focus, and it's, it's just a, an amazing day when it comes down to, you know, having, having little girls, and, um, you know, that, that's when Christmas becomes really, really special, is when you have little kids and stuff, you know, it's, it's a whole deal for them, so, and with me, you know, I, I do the Christmas deal, and then I go, I head into work, I take care of the cats, and then I, um, and then I come home around two and, you know, then I got the rest of the day, but, um, and man, I wanted to go out and run too. I got some new running shoes and the fucking man, I had, had myself all geared up, uh, fucking set my playlist was about to walk out the door and I'm seeing lightning bolts, like shoot across the fucking sky and bullshit's rumbling. I'm like, Oh, fuck this man. Uh, you know, look, I, I've run in rain. I've done, you know, tough mutters in the rain and all that shit. I don't fucking play around with lightning. That, that's just not happening. So, um, unfortunately, that uh, that set me back a little bit with the running. So, um, but I'll get at it, you know. Um, but, yeah, um, you know, a few things to talk about tonight. Um, well, you know, on one hand, uh, I have not watched a lot of wrestling at all. I started to watch the Ring of Honor show, the the final battle. I got through a couple matches, and, um, you know, I liked most of what I saw, honestly. But I just haven't had the, the um, I, I don't know, I just haven't had the, I don't know if I should say, like, attention span or just just the urge to really sit through, like, four hours of wrestling. I only have so much time as far as, you know, after work goes, I work six days a week. So, and then, uh, you know, go train in the gym after, after work. And by the time I get out, you know, settle down, eat and stuff, it's like eight thirty, And then I got a couple hours and I got to try to start going to sleep. So as far as four hours of wrestling, that would have to be like the only thing I did after work. 
of course I could, you know, watch like a match here and there and eventually get through the whole show, but I just, I never get a, I never get back to it. Um, Ring of Honor is something that's, that's had a hard time holding my attention for years now. Even if I like a lot of what they're doing and I like a lot of talent there, something about it, it just doesn't grab me. At 37, I've really got to the point where unless I'm watching a live show, I don't have a problem with a live show. Like, I don't like, oh, I got to, well, what the fuck with this time? But if I'm watching like a live eye pay-per-view or if I go to a show, I don't have a problem with that length of time. But as far as watching like something that already happened, you know, whether it be DVD, eye pay-per-view, whatever the case is, stream on this thing, um, I just I, I can't I can't get through many of them. I just really can't. Like there's shit that I that I want to see that that I have. I just just don't get around to it. I mean, even even a classic example of that is fucking um the the new Jurassic Park movie. I got this thing almost a month ago, and it's been sitting in Blu-ray on my fucking thing under my TV over there, and I just haven't watched it. Jurassic Park is one of my favorite movie series of all time. And uh, I, I wanted to go see it in the movies. Never got around to it. I, I really never go to the movies. And uh, shit, I was like, eh, you know, I might, uh, you know, just ask for this thing for Christmas, the Blu-ray. And then I was like, nah, I don't want to wait till Christmas. I bought the fucking thing. It's still sitting in the wrapping from like three weeks ago in, in the uh, the old Walmart cellophane. Got the Blu-ray sitting there, still haven't seen the movie. So, I mean, it's just, it's not even just wrestling but it's really got to be something to grab my attention and make me really, really want to see it. And I, and I just haven't had that urge. So, um, so that, that's pretty much that. Um, what the fuck else, man? Tons of different shit. Uh, just, just random things going on. Um, the whole Miss Universe pageant thing was pretty fucking funny. Uh, Steve Harvey, you know, he, he fucked up and he announced the wrong broad and, um, the the one who um the one who uh mistakenly won I guess I should say um you know the one who didn't win got crowned by mistake or whatever she's a cunt man because she got handed the fucking crown and he comes up there and you know starts with the whole up you know my bad I, I you know uh, gotta I gotta take uh, blame for this this is my fault and this now he starts explaining. And he gets through the whole thing of saying, like, you know, shit, she did not win. And she's just standing there like she doesn't know what to do. And the other chick walks up, and she's still standing there like if if she doesn't hand the chick the crown, everybody's just going to go away. <laughs> and she's going to get to keep it or something. Like, like people don't see her anymore because she didn't do anything, you know. So she's just fucking standing there till eventually, like, uh, you know, a third broad has to come by and, like, pull the crown off and give it to the other one that actually won it and shit. And, like, when I initially saw this, right, because obviously, you know, I don't watch a lot of fucking beauty pageants, I just started seeing, like, on my Facebook, like, oh, it's beauty pageant this, Steve Harvey, the beauty pageant this and that. And my first thought was, like, wow, I have a lot of gay friends on Facebook because all these dudes are, you know, commenting on a beauty pageant and shit. I'm like, that's cool, man. I didn't know I was friends with that many gay people, but all right. So, um, and then, you know, I, I, you know, stumbled across the clip that they were talking about, and I thought it was funny as shit, too. So, it turned out that they may, they may or may not be gay. Um, so, you know, and uh, the the thing following that, and, you know, whatever, she might have been in shock, whatever, but then I heard she, she wants to try to sue the pageant or Steve Harvey or fucking somebody 
for causing mental distress over thinking that she won and then she didn't win and shit like this. It's just that's why I mean she's just a cunt, man. Like get a fucking actual life skill, you know. If this is uh, the only thing that's holding you together mentally, like you've been blessed with good looks and this and that, and and if this is all barely holding you together by you know by thin fibers if you win a pageant or not if you think you win and then you don't like that that's that's the beginning and end of your life get the fuck out of here you know and so i just don't have respect for people like that at least have the you know the you know the, the self-respect to just be like oh man that that fucking sucks man here's here's your crown you know give the other chick a hug and be like all right you know maybe next time yeah, that sucks, man. Can you believe they announced me by accident? Who does that happen to? Fuck, man. You got a story to tell. It's not like, you know, a crushing, debilitating experience. It's like, come on, you got a fucking story to tell? Move on. Jesus Christ. Um, so, you know, like I said, I I, I don't know. Um, I will say, look, um, someone who is unequivocally gay... Um, Definitely gay, I should just say. I think I just botched that word. But um, fucking uh, Odell Beckham, man. That dude, that dude makes Michael Sam look like fucking um, like Charles Bronson. That dude doesn't stop dancing for fucking nobody. That motherfucker is. That dude does more dancing than than that fucking uh. Than any of those dancing shows. If you pull one of those fucking dancing shows, the celebrities or with the other motherfuckers is trying to be dancers and shit like that, it, it's like, oh, like half of Odell's week. That that's what goes on in like three days of his life is is that whole damn competition. That dude does not stop fucking dancing with dudes. They got him in the club dancing with other dudes with like glitter shoes on and shit like this. And you know my thing is this is like, yay man. Be as gay as you want to be, but fucking, man, you're so blatant about it. Come out of the fucking closet so other dudes could be helped out by it, you know? They could see what the fuck you're doing and be like, all right, yeah, now I got an inspiration. Instead, they got bullshit-ass Michael Sam, who doesn't even make the fucking team because he never belonged in the NFL, you know? Celebrate this fucking dude that more or less got in because he was gay rather than being gay as well as being a tremendously um, talented performer. Um, Odell Beckham is one of the best wide receivers in football. So, I mean, you want to make a fucking statement. You want to make an impact. You know what I mean? Instead of giving this asshole Caitlyn Jenner fucking uh, publicity and, and and calling her a hero and courageous and all this bullshit. Well, you know, Odell, if he comes out the fucking closet, maybe you give him a little fucking accolade because he's not doing this shit fake for publicity. He's on some real shit. You know, imagine the pink jerseys that guy would sell. You know? It, it's fucking crazy. So anyway, he was suspended because, um, you know, again, I didn't do the show last week to really talk about that. He was suspended because Josh Norman on the uh, the Panthers got in his head. And they he straight broke him, man. Like, he, he got in his head and they started going back and forth on some, uh, you know, rough shit on the field, you know, back and forth, little cheap shots here and there. But Odell lost it, you know. He he couldn't handle the pressure, and um, he should have been ejected from the game, man. I like hard-hitting football and everything, but this fucking guy, like, he came from across the goddamn field, like, <laughs> probably 30 years, 
30 yards from, like, hash mark to hash mark. This dude came, like, all the way across the field diagonal and, and threw, like, a running spear with his helmet to helmet. Like, dude, if if I'm getting motherfucking 15-yard penalties on my guys when they hit in the fucking upper upper chest pads and they're like, yeah, close enough to the helmet, yeah, 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 fucking 15-yard penalty, they fucked my dude um, Brooks on the Niners, man, when he had a hit on um, – who the fuck did he hit earlier this season? It might have been Aaron Rodgers. And he got a fucking hit on him. One of one of the only really good plays that we actually had in the goddamn game. And he fucking nailed him. And um, slow motion all you want. And you see it's, it's shoulder to shoulder. But it, it happened so quick that they're just like helmet. Because uh, Aaron Rodgers head jerked back. I think it was Rodgers. And they're like, yeah, helmet. 15-yard penalty. It led to the fucking... Uh, it let the Green Bay win in the game. Like I said, if if I'm right about it being Aaron Rodgers, which I think it was, it, it led to that team beating us in the fucking game. I mean, shit. We have four wins on the season. I'm not saying this would have, you know, turned around our playoff hopes or anything. I'm just saying in comparison, this other dude comes all the way across the fucking field and he's not ejected for that shit. That it was deliberate as motherfucker. So he did that. He threw a punch, which is also supposed to be automatic ejection. Fucking fuck out of here. You know what I mean? So, they got in his head. A lot of people said that Norman should have been ejected too, but I think it was just like, I, I, like scuffle type shit as far as what Norman did. I don't think he did anything helmet to helmet. I don't think he did any fucking throwing punches. So, any, any kind of bullshit like that, like they both should have been ejected. I didn't see anything they were both doing. It wasn't like when, um, when, when Andre Rising and uh, Dion on the field and they started banging out and punching each other at the same time in the helmets. Uh, I mean, that that's a double ejection shit, but I don't know. Uh, that, that's just the way I saw it. But Odell, like I said, he's an elite athlete. He just happens to be gay as shit. And um, I just think it's funny to fuck with the giant fans because, you know, they run around calling themselves the G-men and now we know. Um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, the Giants were eliminated from the playoffs. So were the Eagles. The fucking Eagles have, um, they just fired Chip Kelly and shit. So, so there's that. Um, my guys were eliminated fucking weeks ago. But, um, you know, I mean, we got four wins. One game left against St. Louis. And uh, the way I see it, um, we're going to get a big fucking draft pick out of this. Even I don't know if we beat St. Louis or not. I would think not because St. Louis plays our division tough. Um, that's, I mean, they, they do, man. They, they play our division fucking tough. And, um, they, they just beat Seattle again. I think they swept Seattle this year. So, um, I, I'd expect to take this loss too, but big, big fucking rebuilding thing. I really think they should get rid of Thomas Sula. Um, I don't know what's going to go on at quarterback. It, it's going to be a lot of mixing up and shit, but you know, not going to get too crazy into the football thing uh, is is what it is. Um, probably within the next couple of weeks, I'll have Christian come back on. We'll get a whole rundown going of the of uh, the uh, the playoffs playoffs. But um, that that's that's pretty much it as far as the football thing goes. Um, another fucking random thing. I got you know this is the thing, man. I ain't watched a lot of wrestling, but I had a bunch of little random things to get into. Uh, fucking some people are just really difficult to deal with and I don't know if it's like a, a disorder on my part or if it's just motherfuckers don't know how to communicate properly with people or communicate maybe in, in just the wrong instances where they should just shut their fucking mouth and do their job um, 
ShopRite the other day, right? And, and it's shit like this is. I just, I just try to get to the point. I just try. I don't do a lot of like useless chatter. I'm not real good at like bullshit conversation or like space filling conversation. Not good with it. Um, so, I go to shop right. I got a basket full of stuff. I just came from the gym before that work. You know what I mean? So I'm hitting fucking work, hitting the fucking gym, and then I'm like, man, I need to get some shit to shop right. So I got like a couple of jugs of water, um, in the basket. You know, the hand basket you carry. And um, I don't know what the fuck else I had, eggs or something, maybe grapefruits or something. So I had some stuff in there. And uh, and then um, he, he fucking, I put the stuff on a, you know, a little conveyor belt thing. And, you know, scanned the shop right car or whatever, which is its own fucking thing, man. That that's, I'm not going to get back into the card thing. I, we'll see. But, um. So, the guy stands there, and then now he looks at me. Now, instead of, like, picking up the first item and just starting to fucking scan shit, because that's your job, man. He just fucking stands and looks at me and goes, you don't have a cart? And it's like, motherfucker, if you don't see a cart in front of you, where, what what answer do you think you're going to get out of me? I'm fucking standing there. You can clearly see where I'm at to the left of me, to the right of me. Like, you're not, like, under the counter. You're standing right fucking there looking eye to eye, and a cart is not small. It's not like some shit I could have had at the other end of the belt or behind a little stopper thing. You know what I mean? You don't have a cart? I said no. So, uh, all right. And he started scanning shit, and he just, he didn't want to let it go. Like, it was like a big fucking deal to him. Like, he had decided that, I should have a fucking car, and he, he's got a hang-up about it. So then he scans, like, three or four things, and he goes, you know, it'd be easier to carry this stuff if you had a cart. And I'm just thinking, like, motherfucker, all right, break this fucking, break this theory down for me, because I never heard of this cart situation, right? So I'm in a food, I'm in the, I'm in the shop, right? And you're telling me a cart would make it easier for me to carry the things that I have. You don't say, motherfucker. Tell me more about this shopping experience and how how else can I make this this fucking travel a little bit easier? I got a way I can make it a lot fucking easier if you shut your motherfucking mouth, finish scanning my shit so I can get the fuck out of here. Or we can keep talking about my decision to not get a cart because I, I needed to deal with your shit. You know what I mean? So I'm like, yeah, well, I had a basket. He goes, all right, all right. This is the same fucking dude, and I start avoiding motherfuckers that, that act stupid like this. So now, not only do you have to look what line is open in the fucking shop, right? You have to look at what person am I not going to have to deal with bullshit. Because, you know, you keep going to the same stores. Eventually, you build up some kind of rapport, and you kind of know what, what all these people are going to be up to. Some you look at, and you're just like, they're slow as fuck. These people, they start scanning shit like... You know, like, they're in another world. Like, they, they're they scanning shit, kind of looking off into the lights, like, hoping to get called up by aliens or fucking have Jesus come save them out of the fucking store or some kind of shit. You could tell that they're they're not even really with you. So there's some of those people you see, but then there's guys like this fucking guy. And this guy, I should have known better, too, because one time I went in there with a tank top and I got my Niners tattoo on my on, you know, my one arm fucking dude again looks at me with this fucking dead stupid look 
and goes, hey. And points at my arm with his mouth open, like all dumb. And, and I'm like, yeah, hey, what, what? Again, like he's not scanning my items when, when his, uh, you know, when this this exchange happens. So I'm not really like thrilled with whatever he's trying to get across. He goes, ah. And, and he kind of like comes out like halfway because you know if you're behind the register you can't really see a dude's leg. So this fucking dude comes out, and like again away from all the shit he's supposed to be scanning, and pulls his pant leg up to show that he's got like a fucking raider tattoo on his, his ankle. It's like a shitty raider tattoo. He looks like he got it in jail or some shit. So he pulls this thing and he's got some old smeared ass fucking raider tattoo under his leg hair. And I'm just looking at him like, all right, what the fuck, man? Like, you know, I mean, it's like, it's the same fucking dude. And it's just this random dumb shit that I don't have space in my life for that. And I don't know if I'm an asshole for being that guy. But, dude, like, I wouldn't stop you from doing what the fuck you're trying to do and be like, hey, asshole, want to see my tattoos? Like, you know what I mean? Like, get the fuck out. And, and and I like football talk, too. So, I mean, if you, you know, saw the Niner tattoos, like, oh, shit, you know, I'm a Raiders fan, man. Fucking rough year, right? You know, fuck, yeah. You know, oh, you know, I mean, whatever. Spark up conversation. Let's talk about football while you scan my shit and let me get out of here. But the, the, the fucking... The, the stoppage of work for you to do some shit that's not going anywhere. It's really, I don't know what's going to happen next when you have this discussion about the cart or your bullshit tattoo. I mean, I don't really understand where we're going. I mean, where do we end up at the end of this? Oh, like I, I leave and I'm supposed to go over. <laughs> that guy's right about the cart. No, I spent 20 minutes talking about what an asshole that guy is and how, how I couldn't have possibly known about carts when I walked past some jerk-off kid pushing 30 of them past me in the fucking parking lot. I, I know about carts, dude. I chose not to get one. How does this How does this make my experience fucking more difficult? Like, if I can lift the goddamn basket, leave me the fuck alone. Now it gets more difficult because I got to deal with the fucking gatekeeper that thinks I should have a fucking cart. Oh, man. It just, <laughs> again, I don't know if it's me, man, but motherfuckers like this get under my skin. Because they're in in some way trying to interact with me, but it's in a way where I just wish they would expire. You know what I mean? Like, right before I got there, you just turn the light off and just drop behind the counter. Uh, oh, I guess he's closed. And I would just move. I wouldn't check how he is. I wouldn't I wouldn't ask. I, I would just, you know, he would just fucking fall over behind the counter after he shut the little light off, saying he's not open ever again. And I would just fucking move on with my life. I wouldn't think about him. You know, it's fucking crazy. Another asshole. Fucking uh, Dr. Mike. All right. Now, I watch the um, Good Day Philadelphia in the morning. It's just like the my regular routine is uh, put on the, the, you know, the Philly um, Good Day uh, Philadelphia in the morning, you know. So I catch a little news, catch a little, you know, hear them cry about their Philly sports teams, catch the weather, all of that shit. Um, you know, I just get used to doing it. It's right within the time where I wake up and I, you know, do breakfast and all that. So, you know, it's just, you don't want to get like caught up in a show and shit. So, you know, to me, it's just, it's just part of my routine. Right. Um, the one dude, Mike on there, uh, Mike Jarrett, he, that dude's funny as hell, man. Like he's gotta be like in his, late 50s at least, and the fucking dude is funny, man. Like, he, he throws out some fucking references you'd be surprised come out of his mouth, and he's smooth with it, man. He 
he, he's actually a funny dude. He's an entertaining fucking dude. He hates Justin Bieber, so he won't read like a Justin Bieber story without saying some wild shit about him, calling him a punk or something. You know, uh, he, he's wild like that. But every once in a and I know it's like a scheduled thing, but I'll never remember what day that that fucking guy uh, is on. But they bring on this fucking guy, Dr. Mike, and he's like the fucking doctor, and he comes in to talk about fucking whatever, random shit. And it fucking gets on my nerves because this, I go eat, my fucking routine is this, man. I wake up, I have two alarms. You know, one goes off at like 7, one goes off at 7.20. I always hear the 7. I don't think I ever get out of the bed at the 7. The 720 is the one I get up because I know that's the last one that's going to happen. So I get up for that one. I go out there. I start my fucking eggs. Uh, you know, the six eggs, cup of oatmeal. And um, I start that shit up. Get it going. Come back. You know, check my Facebook. Check my emails. Do that shit. Fuck around with a couple games on the Facebook or, or on the fucking phone. And then go check on my eggs in a couple minutes. And, you know, eggs and oatmeal, come back. Uh, and I put my shit in front of me, you know, lounging back on the bed watching the fucking news thing while I'm eating my breakfast. Now, this asshole comes on here, and I can't be the only motherfucker eating breakfast at this time in the morning, right? I would think it's a pretty common fucking thing. So here I go. I start eating my fucking breakfast. And here's this asshole. Every fucking time, some disgusting shit. And every time they got fucking pictures, they'd be like, oh, yeah, there's a real big, uh, there's a big craze on Mexican food. Have you ever seen someone's intestines melting from the inside? Here's pictures. Here's normal intestines. And here's one that the diarrhea broke through the wall of the intestine is leaking into the liver. Here's a picture of that. And I'm like, you motherfucker. You know what I mean? And like, he he never fucking fails, and it'd be like, oh, have you seen those new roller skates? Well, here's a melting, rotted baby foot, and like, what the fuck, son? Like, it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't fucking matter. Like, he always has a picture of some gross shit. It's just like a random ass story. It's like this is very important. Here's a normal person's lungs, and here's someone's fucking lung that smoked since they were two. And it's black with cancer, and we saved it to bring it here so everyone could see it this morning on, on, in the middle of fucking breakfast. And it's like, get this motherfucker off my TV. They need to get this fucking guy off my TV. And, I mean, I'll take that shit a little further, too. What is it? What? All right, look, I smoked cigarettes for 14 years. I, I quit it fucking dead stop. I haven't smoked cigarettes in probably 10 years, some shit like that. All right, so not not a one, not a close, not a anything, right? Moved on with my life. It's over. Fucking, I don't even like cigarettes around me. This shit, shit annoys me. It smells terrible, you know, and with the asthma, it bothers me, all that shit, whatever. So what am I supposed to do with a commercial that shows a motherfucker with a hole in their throat talking like a fucking robot. What What is that supposed to do for my life? Like, I just got to endure those fucking commercials for the rest of my fucking life because some other people ain't getting the fucking hint about smoking and shit. I mean, you know, again, with the d- pictures of diseased lungs and shit like this, like, I just got to stomach that shit. Like, I can't 
stopped smoking more than I've stopped smoking. And it wasn't those fucking pictures when I was smoking that stopped me. It was my choice to fucking stop. I, I, I don't really understand fucking commercials are really making. I don't know if it's a mandate, some kind of, like, exchange that got worked out with the cigarette companies. Like, you guys could still exist, but we got to play these commercials. I don't really know what goes on, but the shit is fucked up. And, again, I don't really know what I'm supposed to do or how I'm supposed to apply that to life because every fucking time, man, it just, shit just comes up and it's like, oh, here's a dude. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh talking like a fucking robot. Oh, you want to see a, a gaping hole in this guy's throat? You want to see this guy's neck, asshole? Okay, well, here you go. There you go. That's fucking nice. All right. There we go. There's some breakfast. All right. You know, I I don't know. I I mean, they got to put a stop to this shit. Stop with the fucking uh, disgusting fucking commercials. You know, it's just, I've had enough. There's Dr. Mike Jerkoff on the fucking, uh, the news. This fucking guy out of here. So anyway. Uh, I'm going to take a break, come back, and talk about the other thing that um, that uh, I'm pretty hyped up about. So uh, we'll, we'll get into that when I get back. All right. Let's see. It's a killer shit, Coming up during these times For police who find drugs letting niggas slide For niggas out slinging like four in the night For your man's not snitching when the pressure is tight For pistols that don't jam when it's time to strike For bootleg liquor on a Sunday night This be the realest shit you heard in your life Yo, when the gas reveal, your cash get pilled, and that's the deal. Fuck the bitch ass and switch fast, niggas that lack the real. When the slug first, keep happy aiming at your mug first. Niggas is bloodthirst, we see who get plugged worse. We dug earth the place you put the nickel bladers to your facial. Bullets ain't racial, kid, they only hate you. My nine will seem like it's a time machine, be seen, they do. Jacking you more than Ripper, my fist an organ shifter. The human organism lifter, you'll be hearing organs if you're leaving orphans. If you let these fools hit you with a law splitcher, a four pitcher, the bump head. But those that don't let accurate shots in back of your knot Leaving one dead, you rap havoc and prodigy Let's put these fish niggas where bodies be done Yo, if it gotta be, it gotta be, it gotta be Coming up during these times For police who find drugs letting niggas slide For niggas out slinging like four in the night For your man's not snitching when the pressure is tight For pistols that don't jam when it's time to strike For bootleg liquor on a Sunday night This be the realest shit you heard in your life uh-huh. When the gas fits, some niggas get blown off the atlas The half is unsolved mystery Reenactments, get practice What you lack is you think like the average Jake's dumbfounded, leaving crime scenes can handle Nothing but cannons, got conspicuous Like a laminate of branded With a serial scratch Bad apple out of the bag Done it maybe like that If I could push back the clock, probably leave it like that Drove love for my niggas, G-O-D, Sinidian twin And twin is not here, plus my kin 
killer be forever with me Quick to set it with me And to QB They show love throughout the years with You me. got guns, we got guns The serious ones Leave foul powder stuck in your lungs We come from where Niggas look out for they dun duns Love never disrespect Hit niggas with redirect For street niggas living with their lives on the line For young guns coming up during these times For police who find drugs letting niggas slide For niggas out slinging like four in the night For your man's not snitching when the pressure is tight For pistols that don't jam when it's time to strike For bootleg liquor on a Sunday night This be the realest shit you heard in your life Never prejudge and be the humble that'll squeeze slugs And be the one standing still that'll peel guns Spill blood for my thuns, dug it for me Man, you don't wanna get involved, fuckin' with P I spent more nights chillin', less nights chillin' The more shots they hold, the better they feel it What be the dealings? So killers like to hide behind specs Others got blatant disrespect in the rest are so young that you wouldn't even expect to be bursting off guns like a Vietnam vet on the steps, sitting in the staircase bent, thinking on ways to take another man head, go to war with niggas that's against what I rap. I settle things with a heavy metal fifth, change clips, switch clothes after I spit, place niggas back in their space, fuckers on your mind, kid. For street niggas living with their lives on the line, for young guns coming up during these times, for police who find drugs. wrestling in a long fucking time to just shake the fucking earth, man. This it's more than I could have possibly imagined that would be happening independent wrestling going into 2016. Within the past couple days, John motherfucking Zandig has surfaced on Facebook. You can go to his like page and it's John Effin Zandig. If you go to his like page over there, and um, fact of the matter is, he posted he posted this. Do I still have a place in the business that I've loved for many years? Hmm. Fucking a, I do. The journey begins. Keep your eyes out for the baddest motherfucker in the business. Gonna be looking to take the choose few on the ride with me more to come and he's been posting and posting how um 2016 is it's all it's all coming back now you know obviously nothing but speculation from there but 2016 is going to be that shit man john zandig bringing his his style of wrestling his mind back to independent wrestling is what independent wrestling has been missing for years. CZW was built off of a lot of people's blood, sweat, and tears, but it was built off the mind, the attitude, the aura of John Zandig putting down what he put down. And the respect that he created within that locker room and the the aura that he created 
within that that those buildings that he worked in. I mean, there was nothing that's ever matched that. And, you know, DJ Hyde went over there, and he bought those fucking three letters. And he decided, you know, uh, as he said on my show, he, he couldn't have just done – he couldn't have just started a new company and named it DJ Hyde Wrestling or DJW, as I, I've called it in the past, um, because it wouldn't, have, it wouldn't have caught on, really. It, it wouldn't have caught on the way that it did. Uh, CZW was already established. So he rode the coattails off of something that was already established and then spent every minute trying to make it his own thing by going away from what it was. Now, I've said time and time again, I can't fully blame DJ for a lot of the things because CZW kind of laid the groundwork for a lot of things. And the foundation that John Zandig laid down was something that, pretty impossible to duplicate definitely impossible to duplicate under another person but impossible to duplicate because you know the first time two guys come off a roof or the first time a 200 light tube match happens in in this area is always going to be more um more outstanding it's really gonna it's gonna pop more it's gonna be more unbelievable and it's gonna be more um you know noticeable when it's the first time you do it, you know, three or four times down the road, it's hard to top the bar that's been set so high. So, you know, I I give them a lot of leeway in that area. But the thing that will never, ever be CZW, and those letters will go on and, and be their own thing under DJ's heading. It is what it is. But it'll never be the CZW of old. And the reason being is John Zandig was a bad motherfucker. He was always known as a bad motherfucker. He commanded respect. When he stood in that fucking ring, the fans would look at him and they would respect him. If he was a bad guy, if he was a good guy, whatever the case was, they respected John Zandig. Those wrestlers in that building respected John Zandig. DJ Hyde can't have that. He was a jobber. He was a fucking job guy. That's all he was. He was a disappointment when it was Danny Havoc. It was supposed to be the rematch of Danny Havoc and brain damage in the fucking CZW arena. And, and I'll get back to that in a second. And it was supposed to be Danny Havoc and brain damage in the CZW arena rematch from that big match that they had where he knocked Danny's tooth out and all that shit. They started out the match. They had Greg Excellent out there, and then the, the crowd popped because damage came out. When it was when it was that, the rematch of that, DJ Hyde's music hits. As far as we knew as fans, we were getting the main event rematch of Danny Havoc, Brain Damage. Need say no more. Added to it via storyline angle was DJ Hyde to make it a three-way. The fans were not fucking happy. They were not fucking happy. Not because DJ's a fantastic heel as he thinks he is, because no one wants to see him wrestle. No one wanted him involved in that match. The match was worse because of him. I mean, there's there's no way around it. DJ likes to turn it into, well, that's because I'm such a good heel, people don't like me. Bullshit. People don't fucking like you because you're horrible. You're fucking horrible. And whether you like to say yes or no, no, that's not true or whatever, it, the facts fucking speak for themselves. 
Japan never flew fucking DJ Hyde over there because they wanted to see DJ Hyde. They flew him over there because of his position. How many fucking Japanese DJ Hyde figures have you seen that they fucking built? I'd say zero. Let's talk about John Sandig and his draw in fucking Japan and how much they loved him in fucking Japan. I've I've seen the fucking tapes where they're yelling, John Diga! I don't remember hearing any DJ. Like, it just, uh, you know, they might have said that shit. I've, I've pretty much... Um, I've hung up my DJ Hyde watching eyes. I don't, I can't watch DJ Hyde matches anymore because he has this theory that if you really want to see him get beat up, that just makes him a fantastic heel. I say it makes him retarded because if he can't see that he's not a good worker at this point, then I, then I don't know what to tell him. It's not my job to tell him anything more. It's really not. He's not a good worker. I don't give a fuck who he's in the ring with. I'll go hit the bathroom if I'm watching it at home, again, I'll go hit the bathroom. I'll do whatever the fuck I got to do. I'll stare at my fish tank. I'll do whatever I got to do, but I'm not watching DJ Hyde matches anymore because he doesn't get it. He's going to force his fucking bullshit on other people because he, he doesn't think they have a choice. Now, with John Zandig throwing his fucking name back in the hat, hmm, motherfuckers might have a choice, huh, DJ? And here's the thing. John Zandig. He had that fucking, that badass aura that CZW was built on. That shit was built on CZW being a, if you don't like us, get the fuck out of here and go watch that other shit. That's what John Zandig would say. DJ goes, we have something for everybody. Come one, come all. I'll make you all happy. This is like a buffet. This is for everybody. And I'm DJ Hyde, who, who invented wrestling. Because before me, it was all death matches, which is absolute bullshit. And I've said it till I'm blue in the fucking face, and, and I'll continue to say it. That was never the case. Ever the fucking case. CZW had a hard edge, but CZW delivered into fucking wrestling. CZW delivered in, in comedy, you know, comedy matches and, and doing that type of stuff. And, of course, the death matches, the ultraviolence, that stood out above everything else because it – it was so groundbreaking. It was so groundbreaking that no one came anywhere near it. And that's the one thing that CZW comes somewhere near right now because there's nobody else running real death matches. Well, 2015 has really opened a lot of doors as far as companies working death matches, including the Nick Gage Invitational run by uh, Jersey Championship Wrestling or um, Game Changer Wrestling or whatever they're calling themselves. They, they ran that fucking death match tournament in Jersey. Never thought I'd see that. Never fucking thought I'd see that. And, um, you know, they, and they did it in a way where it was like, hey, you guys are here, but, like, don't ever, don't say it was here. So, like, they clearly weren't fully allowed to do that. But you do it on the sly. You, you get away with it. When it's in the, you know, it's in the bag, it's in the bag. Yo, good. So they were able to pull it off. Um, it's been getting more widespread. But historically, on the East Coast, Nobody's really been running death matches. A lot of this shit that came out of California for years now is garbage. You know, they they did their little XPW this and this and that. And, you know, and they've done some things. And uh, UEW is out there, and they're really starting to establish themselves as something um, something to be talked about and something to be checked out. Um, so they're really, um, you know, bringing up the, the West Coast and, and doing some bigger things now. Uh, Mid-South has always been eating rotten you know, doing all the death matches and stuff out there. There's little feds here and there that pop things up, 
the bullshit that Kevin Brandon does with uh, Deep South was always started out with somewhat good intentions where he just kind of wanted to be along the lines of the other deathmatch tournaments. And now he's taking it in the direction, he's taking it in the direction where he'll take any untrained guy and he'll just throw him in there. And if you're willing to get stabbed with a box cutter or if you're, you're willing to get thrown into a wood chipper or, you know, then, then that's, that's the shit to him. And he'll just consider that better than CZW and better than, uh, King of the Death and all of that because to him it's just about massive injuries and it doesn't really matter if there's any you know story told in the match or any type of um, actual um, you know if there's any chemistry if there's any anything there doesn't have to be um, you know any um, any actual work put into the match. As far as he's concerned, it's just brutality. If someone gets their arm cut off, awesome, that happened here. You saw it here first. You know, like, he's a fucking idiot. So, that, I mean, that's that's Kevin Brandon. I'll never support his product. He ain't shit. Um, like I said, you got a couple things popping up here and there, but as far as the East Coast goes, for a long time now, it's been CZW and nothing else. If you want to see death matches on the East Coast, you're going to have to go to CZW. So, whether it was run by DJ Hyde or back when it was Zandig or, you know, a fucking, a a trained chimpanzee, if it was still the place where you can go to see a death match and a death match tournament, then CZW is always going to have that allure. Now, if John Zandig is doing what he did and DJ Hyde is doing what he did, you guys go ahead and see who puts out the better fucking product. Because DJ Hyde is getting default um, followership. He's getting default followership because there is no other choice. You can go and you can watch Ring of Honor or you can watch, uh, you know, this or that. But as far as like a deathmatch wrestling thing, well, where else are you going to go? You know, Tournament of Death has been the measuring stick. Um, Obviously, like I said, out of... you know, Mid-South, Ian does his thing with the King of the Death last year. was fucking great. Um, Game Changer Wrestling took, you know, majority of those wrestlers were all guys that were from either CZW or, you know, uh, IWA-known guys. And, and really just put it, again, um, it, it's it's kind of by default. If there's nobody else around doing it, there's no competition on it. Um, but the thing that uh, John Zandig, like I said, he had such an edge on everything. When you were there, you felt it felt special. I mean, when shit started going down early on, man, you felt like you were at a fucking crime scene. You you thought like you 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 had that feeling like you might be questioned about this later on by some authorities because it, it felt it felt you know like an outlaw type thing. It didn't just feel like a manufactured you know, death match where, you know, these days, you know, all these guys, they just come out, they bang light tubes in their own heads before the match even starts, you know, and and they, they just kind of ruin it. And, um, I mean, guys are killing it in death matches. I'm not saying nothing, nothing's been done right since Zandig. That's, that's not where I'm going with this. I'm just saying as far as what CZW was, what it was built on, and the reputation that it gained was built off of the mind of John Zandig. And, the thing that I liked the most and I think was what created the loyal, loyal fan base 
to CZW, and it definitely drew me in and kept me where I was at is because of that mentality of if you don't fucking like what you see here, go fuck yourself. Not like, if you don't like what you see here, please tell us and we'll do our best to, um, you know, to accommodate you and, and try to, you know, make changes so that way you're happy. No, like, it was, if you don't like this, you can go fuck yourself. This is what CZW is, and there's a lot of other motherfuckers that run bullshit shows. If that's what you like, don't expect it here. Go watch that shit somewhere else. You know what I mean? And that's something to be respected because then the actual home crowd, the actual CZW crowd felt like they were part of something special. They felt like this was their company. They weren't, you know, they weren't going to have to deal with the owner of their company trying to cater to, to other people's fans. They were catering to the CZW loyal fan base. And, and that's what made it so fucking special. And, and I feel like the wrestlers in the back from a lot of guys that I've talked to over time, and, and that was, you know, the respect that was earned through Zandig doing things his way. And he, he wasn't being pulled by puppet strings by five, ten different people you know, from, from a lot of people I've talked to, that's what it is with DJ. DJ is listening to 10 different people, and he doesn't really have a mind of his own. And, um, you know, even even his press release as far as uh, taking January off, it was like, well, we got to figure out what's going to go on with uh, 2016 and who we want to book and who we what we think and... Uh, you know, what kind of angles? We're not going to go in with anything. We're just going to kind of figure it out in January and take the month off. And it's like, oh, shit. Um, you, you act like you just started doing this. This is fucking crazy. Now, I'm not against CZW taking uh, a month off here and there. Honestly, I don't think that they should run 12 months a year if they're not prepared to put down 12 months worth of fucking top-notch shows. Because it isn't the WWE. You can't put on fucking B shows, and I've thought, you know, I've thought that for years, even when like Zandig was running the company, because you get your your month here and there where it just just didn't really land. But I I think you build up that fucking hype, that anticipation, and, and you, you know you take that fucking month off. You know maybe you run eight shows a year or nine shows a year instead of twelve, and then you know. Now, when they're doing these extra towns, you, you wind up with fucking 15, 18 shows a year rather than, you know, like I said, you run you run eight, nine shows a year, and you build heavy to all of those shows. You keep the fucking storyline fucking building on, on the front and the back of the card, and you build anticipation. Then you're going to get the big, big fucking crowds every time. You know, if you... You build them up one month and you let them down next month. You build them up and you let them down. And, you know, you're going to get a kind of up and down crowd. But if you leave them wanting more and you give them more every time you see them, that's what it is, you know. Um, a lot of times I've always thought, like, the, the keep them wanting more where you don't give them what they want isn't really the same thing. You know, if if they leave the building and they're like, oh, man, that sucks. Maybe next month will be better. Well, yeah, maybe not everyone's going to come back, though. That's that's the issue you run into there. The WWE, man, they have the money to, you know, kind of string you along and then give you the big fucking payoff two months down the road. 
you can't afford to do that shit with the indies when you're you're basing uh you know your money on house and DVD sales. You're not gonna sell DVDs on that in between show. You're not gonna really sell you know big houses on an in between card. So it's you know people are traveling for a couple hours and stuff, and you know you're dealing with a lower. You, for the most part, you're dealing with a lower level of income than you are the fucking people who are paying, you know, six hundred dollars for a WWE ticket. You know, uh, that's even at thirty dollars, even at you know forty dollars, comes a little bit harder to some of these people. You know what I mean? And, and to have to drive two hours to see like, oh, maybe it doesn't pay off, and I just have to do this again next month. So I don't know. I've always not been against them you know, skipping a month here and there. So I'm not, you know, faulting them for that. But going in, like, they really don't know what's going on. And and then posting dumb shit, like, they posted on the the Instagram or whatever the fuck. Um, hey, do you guys think Ricky Shane Page should be a regular part of the roster? What do you guys think? And it's like, and I posted something like, if you don't fucking know that, you're retarded. Because... Ricky Shane Page came in, had the best match. It was a first-round match against Danny Havoc in Tournament of Death. Tournament of Death went down as a show that a lot of people were not happy with this year. King of the Death blew it out of the fucking water. Uh, the Nick Cage Invitational blew it out of the fucking water without Nick Cage. <laughs> so, um, blew it out of the fucking water. And, um, you know, it, it was not a top-notch fucking deathmatch tournament. And there's a lot of reasons to that, and I'm not going to go back over the whole show and you know, what I think is wrong with it because there was a bunch, and I think uh, partially the way it was booked, um, but there, there's there's a bunch of things. But either way, standout match, match of the night, day, whatever you want to call it, was pretty much across the board, everybody agreed, was Danny Havoc versus Ricky Shane Page. That match ended, this was Ricky Shane Page's debut in CCW, the entire Tournament of Death crowd chanting, please come back, please come back. That was, what, June, July, Tournament of Death? Ricky Shane Page was not brought back until Cage is out. And Ricky Shane Page tore it the f- down with Danny Havoc. His body looked like the fucking wife beater after that match. He wore a fucking shirt, and you could see the blood on his back and shoulders. Looked like that old school fucking wife beater shit. Shit was fucking crazy. I mean, the finish, he took a fucking dragon suplex through a pane of glass on chairs. Like, he was on, they were on the chairs and took a dragon suplex down through the fucking pane of glass. I mean, just, just fucking bananas, man. Absolute fucking bananas. This dude is willing to fucking go above and beyond, and he's proved it two fucking times now, and he got please come back chance again, and the crowd went fucking ballistic for him. So if you assholes need to go on fucking Facebook or Instagram and ask the wrestling world, do you think he should be on the roster? Then you're retarded. You should box the fucking company up, go buy something and stick up your asshole because you're fucking stupid. You're fucking... You're clueless. And even to put that question out there, first off, you're not just being um, fan-friendly by saying, hey, what do you guys think? If the fans have been screaming at you already, don't ask them. Just give them what you know they want. If you're asking them as if you don't know, you're just presenting yourself as clueless. 
again and again and again, presenting yourself as a fucking nimrod that doesn't know a fucking thing about booking the company because if you did, you just listened to the first please come back and you would have got them back there two months later, three months later, whatever the case is. Instead, when Nick Gage went to prison, back to prison, DJ Hyde booked himself two matches against the champ. DJ Hyde hadn't wrestled since Tournament of Death, except for when he brought in Milk Chocolate to squash them for no reason and send them the fuck out of there when they're a talented tag team. They just fucking did nothing with them other than use them to, to be squashed by DJ. And then fucking DJ Hyde puts himself against Matt Tremont two months in a row or two shows in a row because he can, because it's his company. Oh, again, I got fucking news for you. When competition shows up and that competition's name is John Zandig, the guy whose fucking coattails you rode, the fucking three letters that were built, the foundation that was built off of John Zandig's fucking vision. And when that shit is uh, fucking hanging around and that shit's under a couple, a couple new letters, you see how fucking far that reputation is going to get you. You see how long that you're allowed to do this. I'll do it because it's my company. Motherfucker, you're not going to be the only show in town. You're not now. And you get a fucking packed house on Cage of Death. But let's see how it is month in and month out. And it's just fucking crazy to have that mentality. Like, I'll do what I want because it's my house. It's like a, it's like a spoiled-ass kid. You know, when you know you, when you play with that kid when you're a kid, and it's like, I'll do what I want. It's my ball, you know. And eventually you're like, fuck you, kid. And all everybody, the kid's friends go home. And the kid's pouting like, all my friends went home. It's bullshit, you know. <laughs> Kicking the fucking wall. I mean, that's, that's what DJ's going to be left fucking sitting there with his ball by himself. I I, I don't know, man. I mean, he he's not going to lose an entire crowd overnight. I'm not. I'm not expecting something like that, but I am just overjoyed with the thoughts and possibility of John Zandig coming back full fucking force and bringing that fire back to the Indies because fucking Indies need it. The Indies need somebody like that. And and, and there's there's not a lot of guys out there that could do that, and there's nobody that could do what John Zandig does. Because he's not your average motherfucker, man. And another fucking amazing thing that's going to come out of this, I do believe, is I'm I'm finally going to get my number one fucking dream fucking guest on this show is John fucking Zandig. And I've always hoped for it. I always thought he was a guy that I just didn't see it happening. You know, I watched all his shoots, and he just seemed like, he was there because he was getting paid, and you know he, he was he was gonna say his, you know his side of the story on this and about that, but when it came down to it, like, eh, this wasn't gonna happen often. Even I think even on those shoots, he was like, yeah, "This is the last time you're gonna hear a lot of this stuff," you know, like he he knew that he was walking away from it, and he was one of those guys that was so um he uh you know he he was one of those guys that uh. just didn't take shit from anybody and uh, you know he he wasn't just going to do something for the sake of doing it so as far as getting that guy to come back to wrestling if he was set on some shit 
it, it wasn't going to happen. It just wasn't going to happen. It was going to happen on his terms or not at all. And that's that's the way he's always been, you know. Um, so it wasn't a guy who I ever thought I would get. Now, when he came on to Facebook the other day, um, my first thing is, like, let me let me try to request him. And I'm like, probably not going to fucking accept. But again, what the fuck? Next thing you know, fucking adds me. I'm like, holy fucking shit. So, all right. The thought to myself, look, you know, you don't want to bother the fucking guy. I'm not one of those dudes. I'm not one of those dudes that are annoying and harass you and shit. I generally, like, if I send you a question, hey, man, you want to be on the show? It, it's probably only going to be once. I might ask you more than once if you never respond to me. Because that's, you know, not a real way to communicate if you don't respond to me. I just need to know once and I'll, I'll leave you alone forever. You know what I mean? But if someone tells me, nah, you know, I'm not into it, I'm not going to keep fucking bugging you. You know what I mean? I'm not one of those dudes. So I just figured, what's the worst that can happen? Because I got to ask him, because if I, if I don't, and then he shows up on one of these other dickheads' podcasts, I'm going to fucking kick myself. I'm going to be like, how the fuck did I not ask this guy? And it turns out all you, all you had to do was ask. You know what I mean? So I just figured, fuck it. Let me just ask. And sure enough, he gets back to me and says, like, I'll let you know about it. I just want to build up a little bit first. Which, to me, says yes. He just wants to get shit rolling a little bit. And to me, that that's fucking amazing. That That's absolutely amazing. And, um, like I said, 2016 is going to be a bad motherfucker, man, for the... For the wrestling world, it, there's going to be so much good shit coming out of this year, coming up. Um, so that's that's pretty much what I have to say about that. You know, we'll continue to talk about this as weeks go on because it's a huge fucking topic, and there's going to be more and more to come out of this. Now, this is upcoming weekend. I'm going to On Point Wrestling, which I keep having to be reminded by Jeremy um, about it. Every time he says it to me, it's like new shit. Every time he says you ready for Beyond uh, On Point? I'm like, oh, oh yeah, yep, sure am. And I mean, I'm going and shit. I just, uh, yeah, man. So I'll have that to talk about next week. Um, Joey Janela and uh, Oz Tyler in a in a no rope barbed wire match. That's that's gonna be fucking crazy because uh, Joey's Joey's a psycho, man. Joey's a crazy fucking dude. He always um, puts a hundred percent into whatever you put him in. Obviously, I don't think he's ever been in a no-rope barbed wire match before. But um, he doesn't do anything half speed. So even though he's not a no-rope barbed wire type of guy, he's not going to go in there and take it light. He's, um, you know, he, he's a full speed kind of guy. So that's why I like Joey, man. Uh, he just he puts fucking passion into his fucking work. And um, he, he entertains the fuck out of people. So uh, I'm definitely looking forward to that match. At that much, I could say. Um, so I'm going to be there. Um, also, you know, coming up, New Year's Eve. Now, means a you know a lot of things to a lot of people. Don't mean shit to me. Um, the year just changes. Calendar changes. New New Zoo calendar. I got two pictures in the New Zoo calendar. Um, Two cats up in that. If you get the Associated Humane Society uh, calendar, Popcorn Park calendar, uh, you know, you see a couple pictures from me in there, some cats. Um, 
So that that you know that's cool. Calendar changes. Um, I don't believe in the new year, new me bullshit because you should have started that shit last year. If you're talking about it this year, you got time to fucking start it this year. If you're talking about new me, new year, new me today, go fucking start doing some shit right now. Go get at it. You know what I mean? That that's what it is, man. When I fucking quit drinking, I've been sober over two years now, probably two and a half years, something like that. Whatever. It was in July. I didn't wait till fucking December 31st, fucking drunk and go, tomorrow's the day, man. Fuck that, man. Get at it. Figure out what the fuck you don't like about yourself today, tomorrow, the next day, the day after that, and, and just fucking just, just get at it, man. You want yourself to look better fucking physically? Get at it. Because it's going to take a lot more than that day. It's going to take a lot more than that fucking hour, that fucking minute, that this, that, you know. You're going to have to be at it all fucking year. So why the fuck it needs to start in January is beyond me. You're just looking at a crowded-ass gym. That motherfucker anytime. I know me telling you now, I mean, if this motivates you to do some shit, it's going to land you right about at fucking uh, January 1st anyway. So I'm kind of wasting my fucking time. But it is the end of the year. This is when the motherfuckers start making proclamations that they should have made in fucking June, July, fucking March, fucking any other time of year. It doesn't matter. This is not... This is not the only time that you can make changes in your life. You know what I mean? I don't think I stopped any of the shit that I stopped on fucking January 1st. I know I didn't. It's just not. But listen, man, I'm not I'm not a personal trainer or anything like that. I don't, you know, have any type of, you know, money-making uh, situation going with that. But I'm very, very open to try to help people with motivation or tips or anything as we go along. Again, I, you know, I use a personal trainer um, in order to, you know, get my my um, my, my training regiments and uh, my diet and all of that stuff. So I'm not going to tell you that, yeah, I'm real well-versed in this or that, but I've learned some things along the way as far as motivation and as far as ways to push yourself and as far as um, ways to build yourself up from the start to the start to the finish, man, like I said, I went from uh, you know drinking over a hundred beers a week, legit, no exaggeration, to I just did fucking seven obstacle races this past year: the Spartan Sprint, Spartan Super Spartan, Spartan Beast. That's the trifecta right there. All fucking mountain races. Uh, the the fucking um, Tough Mudder three fucking times since I stopped drinking. Um, Battle Frog. You know what I mean? I got, I got all this shit coming up this year too. I'm doing it big as fuck. Um, I qualified for the Obstacle Race World Championships last year. This is, this is you know a couple years after being on some real bullshit, man. So I know a little bit about motivating yourself. I know a little bit about taking yourself from the fucking bottom up. You know, I'm 37 years old. And I'm stronger than I've ever been in my life. I'm just getting stronger, and I'm just getting better and better and better. And it, and it started at such a late age that, believe me, like a lot of these people out there, you got an edge on me because you could be starting earlier. You know, I mean, maybe some guys are older than me, but either way, there is never too late to get at it, and you can fucking you, you can do it up. I am going to, sooner than later, I'm going to get back at doing a couple of those uh, Eye of the Tiger motivational joints that I um, had planned on doing, but I just haven't gotten back to doing them. 
and I'm I'm gonna get back at doing those um, very soon in in the new year. Um, but like I said, if anybody needs any tips or motivation or anything like that, fucking feel free to hit me up because yeah, I'm not looking to make any money or anything like that. I I just don't mind helping people out, you know, that are looking to do something with themselves because um, you know, I, I know what it's like. I know um, I, I had the hardest time getting out of my own way. And, you know, once I set my mind on something, man, I go in. So, um, no Beckham. And, uh, like I said, man, there's a lot of different things you could do. Um, you know, if you want to get at the running thing, my most fucking valuable tip there, and, and it really applies to everything, is compete against nobody but your fucking self. Go get you, um, I like the, um, map my run is, is the run app I like. Uh, you get that shit on your phone, map my run, right? Fucking go in there, go go put in a mile, right? It, it records it. It'll tell you tell you how fast you did it. It'll tell you your speeds. It'll tell you all that shit, right? You see, you know, you put your music on. The chick comes in, tells you, hey, one mile, fucking da da da. Okay, you fucking done. You're done. Stop it. Go home. Do your fucking thing, right? Next time you go out, compete against yourself. Try to make it one and a half miles. You got the numbers right in front of you. You go one mile and a tenth of a mile. Every fucking time that you outdo what you were doing before, that's progress right in front of you. That's that's progress right in front of you in fucking clear-ass numbers. Nobody could tell you you're not making progress because you're staring at the results right in front of you. If you could only go so far this time and you went this far this time, then you know you're doing better. If you only went this fast this time and you push yourself to beat this number or that number, that, those are all your numbers. You're not trying to beat the fucking fastest man in the world. You're not trying to outrun Des Bryant. You're trying to outrun your motherfucking self. You're trying to outdo what you did. And as soon as you outdo yourself, you're you're already doing better. You've already bettered yourself. And it's it's amazing how fast you make progress when you only focus on competing with yourself. It's all it is. It's all it is. Don't look around the fucking gym and try to outlift big motherfuckers. Don't don't go in there and try to fucking impress any fucking body. Look at what you're doing and build on it. That's all. And, and you'll see the fucking results in the end. Fuck what everybody else is doing. Next thing you know, they're going to be looking at what you're doing and how the fuck you got there. And that's your fucking answer right there. Compete with yourself. So get at it, man. And um, I think that's all I got. Said, um, new year, new me, fuck you, DJ Hyde, fuck you. Wait, wait, uh, I got one. It's not a goodbye. It's you know, it's it, it, the Mickey Mouse says, "I'll see you real soon." You know, it's. <laughs> 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 oh, DJ, you fucking. All right, so um, look, I I think that's all I got, and um. Get you motherfuckers next year, 2016. Everybody be safe. Go do what the fuck you do. Have a good time. And, um, yeah, uh, I'll check you out next week. Some uh, on-point wrestling to talk about. Maybe I'll watch some other wrestling. Uh, who knows? Um, I, I, I kind of want to finish that Ring of Honor shit before I start talking about it. Like I said, I watched a couple matches, and I could talk about them. But, you know, talk about two matches out of a 
a whole card that I didn't even get near the main event. Eh, I, I like to try to get, uh, you know, to it. So uh, we'll see what happens. I'll just kind of keep uh, those couple of matches in my thoughts and then uh, try to hopefully get at the rest of it. I watched one Ring of Honor show from 2015. I like it to be Final Battle. Yeah, you know I mean, it's kind of like just watching Cage of Death from CZW. It, you know, it kind of makes sense. And that was a really good show, so if you're looking to do that, then do that. All right, so um, that that's all I got. Uh, I'll check you motherfuckers out next week, please. What the fucking fuck? Fuck this fatherfucker. This shit is wasting my time. DJ Hyde, fuck you. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You know why? You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So, what I make you? Good? You're not good. You just know how to hide. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth. Even when I lie. So say goodnight to the bad guy. I'm gonna tell you something straight off the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no foolishness.